I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf <laughs> Welcome to Burf We have a little delay. <laughs> and then we have to high five each other. Ready? Let's try that again. We'll include this all, but I wanted to go, go. And three, two, one. I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. What? Burf Barb. We got it. <laughs> Already pros. Already pros. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. We are doing a weird, fun thing where instead of being physically close to one another, as we are accustomed to do, we are talking from our respective basements with headphones on. No, you don't have a basement. Let's yeah, not be silly. Whatever. I'm recording from the Barf Studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 In, in, in Universal Studios, Florida. Um, <laughs> the puke zone. Uh, yeah, so Laura and I are doing our part, even in our podcasting activities, to stay as far apart as we can. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Um, We're you know. all dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. And let's be honest, uh, when we podcast in person, um, our episodes are nothing if not an hour of respiratory droplets directed at one another. <laughs> You, I didn't know where that sentence was going, but I got really uncomfortable as it moved mm. forward. Mm. Um, yeah, every day is new, but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Uh, you know, we know that you're out there, alone, helpless, hopeless, wondering, when will the next birth barf be? Calm your titties. We're here for you. There's a lot of things to be scared of, but not having a new birth barf episode is not one of those. Whew. So I, uh, I've been, I've been staying busy myself, I would say. I, I've been dealing with some, with the isolation in my own special way. (laughs) I'm an extrovert. I'm the kind of person who is recharged, like my little bars get full by hugging and touching and being close to other people and smearing my face against their face. And you have uh, 82 power bars. You know, some people might have 10 bars that they need to fill up. You have 82 extrovert bars you need to keep full. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do a lot in a given week, and I didn't realize how much I rely on my work peeps to, like, fill a shitload of those bars. Like, like I have a million OCD things that I must do in a given day. Like, I've got to go see Nakia. I've got to go talk to Andy. I've got to go talk to Jason. Like... Boop, boop, boop. I got to touch all the little buttons and then I'm like, I'm safe. I feel okay. But I mean, even in addition to that, I have like D&D. I have Burf Barf. I come see you. I eat dinner at your house. I go out with my friend Chuck. I mean, like, I do a lot. I mean, it's amazing if I have one night off in a seven day span. So my bars were getting low. Um, and it's funny because my husband is an introvert. So. As days go by, Scott gets more and more chill and, like, happy (laughs) and, like, recharged. Like, having less to do in a given day, just sort of being able to, like, mellow out. He's been getting a lot done around the house. Like, it makes him feel calm and new. And (laughs) while he has this lovely denouement into calmness, I'm like... (gasps) I'm like dancing in circles i've vacuumed this room eight times at least in the last six days yeah but it looks beautiful thank you 
How are you doing today on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being normal and 1 being uh, you didn't get out of bed? I would say I'm a solid 8 today. I'm doing That's good. really, really good. I think I already hit, I mean, I will hit other bottoms, I am sure, uh, because we don't know how long this is going to last and every day is new. But um, right now I am way up out of the valley. I have a million things to do. I've got my delicious lovely banjo that I bought with Annie while we were in Athens. I had my remote banjo lessons last night. I've been out running my dog and nothing in the world makes her happier than getting to run free. And um, I've got a couple projects. I have a couple secret projects that I actually cannot divulge. Secrets. Secret projects. One is for my friend Chuck who did a um, Instagram live this morning. He is an accomplished uh, Clayworks master. <laughs> okay. He, he really is. In addition to being like a scientist, he is also accomplished in the world of clay. And he has offered up uh, a, one of his pieces if you will make him something. Oh. Which I think is like the most constructive and lovely thing to do in an at home crisis is to be like, hey, I'll give you something sweet if you make me something sweet and we'll see each other later. Amazing. I think we should, I think more of us should do that challenge. Absolutely. Also, I love how quickly we've reverted to medieval times where money has no value and only <laughs> trades items. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I grew up going to rainbow gathering where you can only trade like cigarettes and crystals. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of this whole, you know, anti-capitalism kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, homemade crafts is just... Pete. It's up there. Yeah, I mean, I've spent like no money. I've spent like no money. I bought like some frozen pizzas, some TP from my bungholio, and I have bought nothing else. It's amazing. It does help. It does help a lot when you don't really have anything you can or should spend money on. Mm, oh, I did, however, spend money on the virtual running is not canceled race, which I am so stoked on. And I, w- I wish I knew who the, who whose brainchild that is, because Fleet Feet is. Uh, kind of a big company. Is it Jeff Henderson? I believe so, because somebody said, hey, this should be a virtual race, and Jeff made it so. Or kick some other people in the butt to make it so. But that's my understanding. I'm sorry, original <laughs> person, if if the credit is not going where credit is due, but I do believe it was Jeff, so. Well, it is rad. And then I'm, I've never had an interest in virtual races because I love people. Uh-huh. Until now, right? Virtual, Until like, now. I'm going to be one of those people that signs up for, like, the unicorn virtual race, the donut virtual race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of it. I'm down. I'm, I mean, I get a bib and a medal and a sweatshirt. I'm going to do the shit out of it. I'm going to run as f- the farthest distance that they'll let me. Excellent. How are you doing on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being you're going to bury your own body in the yard and 10 being you're exuberant and filled with joy. I would say today I am a seven. I'll say a seven. Yeah. All right. I'll say a seven. All Uh, right. It's been funny. I think, uh, so I am a ambivert (laughs) or I'm, I'm specifically in the middle. I need, uh, I need my introvert time, or I would say maybe I'm 60% introvert, 40% extrovert. I need both of those things pretty, pretty equally. Um, or maybe it's best to say I need people in my, I need my small intimate gathering people. That's who I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, when all of this was first starting to happen, I thought, okay, well I'll be, I'll, 
I'll be fine doing this. I still get to do a lot of the things that I really like doing, including running, of course, and was kind of geared up to like be super productive and was like, I'm going to have all this extra time to do things and all this extra energy to do things and was like thinking in my head, like I'm going to run 10 miles every day and just like crazy stuff, clean out all the closets, do all the yard. And for at least the first five days, the most I could do was get outside at first for a walk around the block with Arbor because I didn't feel like doing anything at all. Like, Which is fine. Yeah, but it took it took a hot minute to feel fine about it. I think I was kind of worried that that was going to be what my normal was for this mm. for this part. And what that was, was the impetus for that feeling. Um, was it doom? I think stress is a funny thing, and whether you consciously know it, it comes out in weird ways. So even if I didn't feel like freaked out, I think that's just how it came out. Was like. Mm was just kind of being like, well, I devoted... Oh, and I think another contributor, honestly, was just, like, social media and news scrolling, like, constantly for the first several days. In addition to... So I work from home all the time, and my work schedule has not changed at all. My workload has not diminished at all. If anything, it's increased a little bit. Well, you're a health company. Yeah, so there's no decreasing in my, my mental and emotional energy needed to accomplish work. And so heaping on top of that, the stressors and everything else of being plugged into what's going on with the coronavirus, I think by the time I was done taking care of the things I needed to, I, that was it. That was like all the energy I had to do anything. So um, that's been a little interesting is, you know, my work not changing. And I know a lot of people are, that's a tough adjustment to working from home. And it took some time to ramp that up or, you know, whatever the case may be. But uh, that's my, that's my norm. So I've not, none of my energy has been freed up to do anything else. So, um, but I do feel like I'm getting back to normal. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what that word means anymore. Yeah. But uh, I feel like I'm getting back to normal. I did two runs this last weekend. And it was one of those things where uh, it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And it was like, I know in order to feel like going outside and being doing anything, I'm not going to want to do it until I go outside to <laughs> be physically active and do anything. Mm-hmm. But I'd... But until I do that, I'm not going to want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was a good reminder to just kind of uh, forget expectations and really let go of judging myself because you feel like I should be doing this or I should want to do this. And it's like, you know, and I have this as a personal philosophy in a lot of things, and I should have uh, thought of it sooner. But, really, this is a time, I feel like, for everyone to – do what they need to keep themselves uh i almost hesitate to say happy but to do whatever makes them feel more like how they want to feel right now so uh while of course staying at home (laughs) and keeping other people safe but um yeah if if and i you we were talking about how it kind of comes in waves inevitably I'm going to have a day that comes up. I think where I'm going to want to feel sad. I just, I think it'll happen and I will probably lock myself in my office and watch a bunch of sad movies and cry about how the world isn't fair right now. And 
that will be okay, you know, yeah. or to have random days where, uh, you know, and I, whatever, we'll be real with our, with our birth bar people, where I cry for you and Morgan's loss because I don't feel that as deeply as you do, but I feel it for you <laughs> as deeply as you do, which, you know, whatever, because you're in that intimate circle that I need and knowing like that you guys can't do that is, is hard, but yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling for Morgan right now too, big time. I saw on her little daily drawing to herself that said something like, I'm going to go insane. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm easing back a little bit back to talking about the waves of this. I did have a couple nights where I was like, I have a house filled with booze. I'm going to use the booze. I'm going to use all of it. Use it all up. And so I got real drunk a couple nights in a row. And uh, I would say two of those nights were fun, and one of those nights was like, oh, no. I got in the hole. And I pulled myself out of it since then. But, like, the little things that I'm noticing that I'm digging are that this is sort of like a time of forced mindfulness for a person who's like super ADHD, like me. (laughs) Um, My life, the pace has slowed down so much that instead of feeling like, um, like a hamster in a little wheel or like a little ball, like just to sit calmly there. And I, I mean, I can sit calmly in my mind while vacuuming. Like, to me, it's not about, like, seated meditation like a true Buddhist. It's just, like, the calmness of my mind. And it's just, like, being comfy in the idea that this is what I'm doing right now and this is what I'll be doing for a while. And that's kind of working for me. Um, I I live at a pace that is, like, just a speed bag of insanity. And I usually thrive on that. But I think that my my random breakdowns where I just cry in the bathtub and drink wine for no reason and I'm just like I don't know why I'm sad I feel like a toddler uh I feel like that has gone away like those sharp spikes of those like I just can't handle any more work or I can't handle any more running or I can't handle my mom calling me like those those spikes have started to like diminish for me where I'm just like oh that's okay (laughs) um not not driving to, in rush hour traffic every day both ways to like to go downtown and come back from downtown. I can't tell you what a what a beautiful salve it's been on my psyche to not do that drive. Woo! It's going to be something to go back. But also like feeding myself warm meals for breakfast, lunch and dinner has a special soothing quality. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not a cook and I don't enjoy cooking. Um, that's not my bag, but having a warm meal for breakfast, like having hot eggs and toast. And then for lunch, I've been making like elaborate salads and hot soups and like, um, and then really fun dinners. It's just, it's had an impact on us over here. Like we've, we've slowed down. We've appreciated things. We eat meals together. It's like, it really has felt good. I do want to say I, I really appreciate the narrative that I'm reading out there from a lot of friends that say like, this is not a time that you have to lose weight. It's like, oh great, life is on pause. You know what you do the minute life is on pause, you dedicate your entire world to getting skinny. That's fucking bullshit. That's a horrible thing to do to yourself. Do not punish yourself in that way. For me, 
it's just cool that I'm in my office right now. So at noon, instead of hovering over a bowl of soup at my desk and lamenting that I can't move around, I do like a workout right in front of my computer for like 25 minutes and then I sit back down and keep working. Like the convenience of that is fun to me. And I'm like, I'm just taking up that time because I want to move my body and can. Yeah. I am not trying to lose weight. I'm in a house filled with an apocalyptic amount of snacks. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm definitely going to eat all those snacks. Yeah. And I'm not feeling bad about it at all. And I think that goes back to my comment about like uh, productivity and uh, expectations with that idea. And I actually saw somebody saying like, this is not a time that we need to maximize our productivity at home. Like it, it's nice to feel like uh, you don't you don't need to be doing anything right now. And even when it comes to having kids that are home from school, it's like, hey, you know, this is not, you don't need to school your kid for seven hours every day. Like they have their own stress associated with this. This is a good time to create new memories. And like, maybe they'll look back on this time as being a really great opportunity they had to be at home with their parents that they wouldn't normally have had. So, yeah. How's your daughter dealing with being at home all the time? Good, I think. There might be a little more snippiness, but not too bad. Uh, she did a hundred miles on her on the indoor bike uh, last week because she would just say, "I'm bored" and get on the bike, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, but also just uh, the apocalyptic rain that we had last week was not great. You know, as far as like wanting to go out, it's kind of like. Uh, and I'm grateful for the weather we have now, even though it's not super warm, but it's still like the rain last week was bonkers. Like, I don't know about yeah. you, but there was, there was a couple of times where I'm like, this combination is a little too much. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I was hurting. I was hurting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Lang house is doing pretty good and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, super grateful for being able to weather the storm no pun intended the way that we are because i know that's not the case for everybody right um so we've been dealing with you know the new new news that comes out every day and we are trying to uh adapt as we go and we're trying our best to protect public health protect people that we love protect our friends and family we're really doing our best to follow all of the guidance that's been laid out by the state um, and to respect our community. And we'll talk a little bit about this more later, but we did postpone our race, which actually might be great news for some folks. Yeah, because more, more, it time. <laughs> more time, more time to train and win. But also um, it's not the same day as uh, two other huge Ohio races. So that's I'm stoked. Uh, we also had some time to prepare a bunch of fun goodies and extra fun things for our mm -hmm. race to just increase the value for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm super stoked. And it actually, I don't know if it hurt your heart to have to do that. Like it was a hard decision for us to make. And we did reach out to some of our other RDs in the community and got some really nice, compassionate feedback. But like, it did not bum me out for some reason. I was just like, this is what we got to do. And it seemed, it just makes sense. Yeah. And everybody else has to do it too. So like, it's not like we have any special kind of like poor birth birth. Like, yeah, 
everybody's this, doing it. everybody's doing it and yeah i i think because this was our first year i think that made uh that transition easier so i feel like it, maybe if we've we had had it every spring for the last five years or even two years that pain would be a little deeper probably but this yeah. first time it's kind of like okay <laughs> yeah yeah we we took it in stride um and we hope that you know that we you know, we, we just made that decision at the time before we got state mandates um, just to protect protect our friends. Yeah, do the ethically thing. The ethically thing. The ethical yeah. thing. The ethical thing. You got thing. it. Mm-hmm. You got, got it. it. Got it. Um, oh, one more thing about sort of uh, the, the waves and forced mindfulness uh, was that those that first week when news was coming out daily and it was just like a, a barrage, just like like a, tor- a torrent of information and change every day. And I was just watching the COVID map and waiting for wine with the wine at two o'clock every day. This week has been a lot better for me because I'm really not consuming as much media in general. I'm not consuming as much Instagram, Facebook, CNN. I'm really like, I've turned it down. That has had a beautiful impact on me. Like today I just did work. I played some banjo. Did some work again, played some banjo, did some burpees, and I feel like, I feel super calm and good, comparatively. I'm still a little like, ah. Sure. My my parents are... Uh, oh, we could have a whole ep- other episode on parents. <laughs> they're not totally thrilled with the idea that we're not coming home to Cleveland to see them. I wanted to be like, yo, dog, like, it's illegal to come see you right now. And she was like, my mother was like... Oh, well, it was my only look forward to. And I do feel really bad for her. But, like, there's no bending on that one. Um, so what my family is going to do a Zoom hangout. I'm sure that you all listening have been uh, Zooming your pants off, just like me. I've been work Zooming, friend Zooming, trivia Zooming, Zooming friends at night just to hear how their kids are. Um, I mean, this is the light and dark. I'm going to a Zoom funeral this week. So it has been weird to and difficult to adapt. I, I do keep thinking, like, what about the people who, like, this weekend is their wedding? Like, I have to have, oh, I'm trying to have compassion in multiple ways. Have compassion for people who have been exposed, who are vulnerable populations, people whose lives are really being fucked up because they can't go be with their families. Like, none of that is happening to me, essentially. Like, I'm okay. I don't have to be anywhere. I'm not physically ill. I've got it made in the shade. I'll be fine. So, yeah. like, if I ever think, like, pout, pout, but what if I wanna? I take stock of all the, like, the good things around me and the, all the protective things that I have. Like, I have a job that is mandated by the federal government to exist and will continue to exist. I have a house. I have legs. I have lungs. I got a banjo. Yeah. Drink every time you have a say banjo. <laughs> and then and then they all died. Zoom in a drinkies. I mean, it makes me a more dynamic character to not just talk about running. Speaking of running, did you actually see <laughs> that uh, Laz and Sandra were not able to attend their daughter's wedding? 
Yeah, I saw that they watched it through a video. Is it because they have compromised immune systems? I think it's just maybe the flight may be flying. Oh, um, and that other stinks. like I, and other uh, running news related things. Candace Burt was going for the Arizona Trail uh, fastest known time, and she was on day nine. Uh, she started like the the Saturday before stuff really started to kick in. And she pulled herself off, I think, yesterday um, because she said she felt like she couldn't do it responsibly. Like, you know, being away from her kids and just feeling like, you know, it's almost like the letter of the law versus the intent. It's like, sure, letter of the law, she she could continue to be out there. But as far as intent, not as much. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, crazy stuff. Anything else you want to say about the coronavirus? Uh, whatever makes you feel good and keeps people safe, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll try not to get so boxy about trail etiquette, but, uh, I've seen several things online that I think are helpful, like not going to the favorite spots at peak times because there's a lot of, I'll say noobs that are out because they can't do anything else. So, uh, we, as people who know the trails and places to run, have other places we know we could go to, um, as well as minding uh, six-foot space on the drive. I feel like a lunatic, but I'm doing the, like, run out into the road when I'm passing somebody on the sidewalk. because, I am too. And I have to give this old woman credit on my run the other day. She, like, asked me a question about the flooding, and I instinctively took a step towards her, and she was like, no, that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a good run. And just... Coronavirus. Um, oh, trail etiquette. Uh, darting out into the street and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'm. I am committed to not physically meeting up with my, with my friends, Lauren. And also, uh, I'm also trying not to drive to runs, which mm, I don't feel as impacted by not socially being able to be with other people but i'm not going to be driving to runs is that what you said yeah or at, at minimum trying to limit it so like if i did do it it'll be like maybe once a week but i'm trying to not do that i think uh, i think once a week for me too i'm gonna try which means i have to run to speed work but that's fine i mean that's we can just fine. run everywhere i mean <laughs> whatever i know I, I can manage that i think yeah um also, I feel like the hardest thing for me is when the, the right thing to do is to do nothing. Uh, like, if they were like, hey, the cure to coronavirus is that everybody has to cut down their own trees by hand with an axe and every tree that they see. Like, if it was some hard manual labor task, like, I'd be like, sweet. But they're like, the thing you can do to be your best self is to stay at home. And it's like, yeah, but what else? Can I fundraise for a thing? Can I, like, do something? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. can I pack school lunches? No, no I shouldn't be nothing. packing kid lunches. Nothing. No, the right thing nothing. to do is to do nothing. So that's hard. And I don't have I don't have a treadmill. However, what I do have now, thanks to Dan the Baker, God bless that sweet man, is uh, bike rollers. So I'll be back with oh, bike rollers sweet. tomorrow. Thank God. I, I had no indoor workout equipment other than you know prison workout you didn't see the mountain outpost thing showing uh some of the people who are in strict strict quarantine to just put some dish soap on the floor and like run in place <laughs> holding onto a rail 
you must see it if you have not. So you have indoor equipment. You just need a rail and some soap on the floor. That's that's the treadmill. Yep, that's the treadmill. Oh, I love that so much. I, I, mean, I might do my own of that. I've thought like, and I've seen some people doing like marathons on balconies. If it gets to that point, I I will be I will be uh, running loops, that? like back and forth on their balcony. Yeah. So if it gets to that point, I will be running loops in my yard. Yes, I have an indoor bike and a and Kirby, but I will I will run around my yard. Anyways. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so moving on, yeah. can we moving like, on. so like, uh, let's pretend like this is a week ago and the world didn't explode mm-hmm. <laughs> or I shouldn't say explode, went into remission. The world just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we went and did a Rogaine two Saturdays ago called the Nain Rouge Gain put on by Lost Arrow Sports. Um, I should caveat, we did think about if going was responsible or not, and we did selfishly decide to go because we wanted to. I, I yes, think that's, I think that's all we can say about that. Um, but I'm also super grateful we, we did because it was like the last, that kind of fun that's going to yeah. be had for a while. Yes. So, oh my God. And I drank that milkshake. I drank I, it up. It, it really, it really filled me up. So, um. It did to me too. It was, it was so it much was fun. It was so good. It, it was, was so, so good. good. So, oh man, I forgot how much I love an, a Rogaine. I, I know, friend. I know. I so, love a good Rogaine. I know. So we went up to uh, Michigan, and it's uh, Nain Rouge Gain is a six-hour Rogaine that started at noon and went to six, and. Uh, Rogaine is a orienteering event, meaning you use a map and compass. You get a map. Uh, we got our maps two hours before the start. You get a map, and it just has a bunch of points all over it. Each one of those points or checkpoints is worth a certain number of points. So usually the easier checkpoint is to find, the less points it is, the harder farther away those checkpoints are, the more points you get for getting them. And then it's up to you to decide which points you go to. If any, I mean, you could technically go out and get one point and come back. None of the points are mandatory. Um, And it's up to you to figure out the best route to go from one to the other, strategize if you can't make them all, or whatever the case may be. So that that's the basics of a Rogaine, and that's what we did at Nain Rouge Gain, which I actually just like saying Nain Rouge. Um, I would like you to... I don't think that's how you pronounce it, but I'm in... What do you think it is? I mean, it's French, right? Non Rouge? No, I will not even pretend. I did not take that class. Um, I, I would like the... I would like you to share the legend of Nine Rouge. I think we did in the last episode, but we I, did. I oh, do it again. Well, these I mean, people have nothing to do but to watch and listen to us. Well, I don't even remember. It, did he like bite some famous person's feet? I mean, we could tell our version. Yeah, yeah. It make, tiny make it up. Red... If you don't remember, make it make it up. Okay, I'm gonna make it up. In 1805. Exactly. A red two foot four hobgoblin was spotted in Detroit. And a local blacksmith saw him and kicked him in the face. This is my version of the Wikipedia story, which is probably like not even remote. You're nailing it. Thank you. Um, and so uh, the Nain Rouge, the, uh, the Detroit's hobgoblin, haunted Detroit 
for the remaining several hundred years. Yeah, because so. and that guy was cursed because he kicked the hobgoblin. And from now on, you have to do Nain Rouge Gain in order to send the hobgoblin <laughs> back to, to the depths the of the netherworld. Or else you will, yes, otherwise you will be haunted and cursed by this man, for, by this hobgoblin forever. <laughs> the netherworld. The netherworld, it's so obviously. It's cold in the deep. How the fuck were you supposed to keep peace? <laughs> Nain Rouge. Um... So that is uh, Nain Rouge and the reason for the name. Um, like I said, Lost Arrow Sports uh, is who puts it on, the RDs. And we got to the event, and there was quite a few people there. And most importantly, most importantly, so lots you could do this. Women. Lots of women. You could do this event as a three-hour, six-hour, solo, or in a team. And you could be a team of two men, a man and a woman. Or two women. Now, usually, when we go to these things, there are very few all-women teams in our specific division. There might be uh, more women doing another division or something like that, or a lot more co-ed teams. But there were seven 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 women teams teams. doing the six-hour event. Which we were anything like that. We were stoked. So. Uh, other women teams that were there, kudos. We were s- thrilled, thrilled that there were so many. And I, I like, I, we were asking like every female that we saw, like, are you one of the two female team? One of the the female teams? Are you one of the female yeah. teams? Because well, I, I don't. Mean, it's crazy. Just consider that there are fourteen women at an event, and that's not even the solo women and the co-ed teams or the that's three-hour insane. division. That's insane. We don't even see the three-hour people take off, so, like, that's bonkers. That means that there's been a big surge in female orienteering. I I sure hope so. And uh, one of the team team members I talked to, she was saying, like, her friend got her into it pretty recently, which I just – it was awesome. Like, so we were really happy that there was more women. We were happy that there would be some competition because, you know, one of the biggest things with orienteering, for, for me anyways, is never really having any idea how well you do. Like, because a lot of times it's us and, like, one other person or yeah. one other team or, you know, and it's yeah. kind of are like. Are we the best in the state? Or yeah. if we've competed against actual teams, would we be pummeled? Yeah. So we were, I mean, we were giddy like the whole time being around other female teams and seeing like at one point we were kind of racing against another team uh, towards, the, towards the end of the event. And like we were all four of us were hauling ass because we kind of didn't oh, know man. if this was like go time or not. So um, that it was just awesome to have that element at this event and just uh, really – I, I can't wait to see more of this. So, you know, whether it's like at the Orienteering Cincinnati events with them having more people than ever show up or going to this and having a lot of women in our division, like women, women, women. Um, but yeah, um, so we got our maps at 10 a.m. And I'm super pleased Ooh. to say, I'm super pleased to say, usually we get our maps like for the map prep time. And I never feel like I or we spend the time right with the map before oh, the bed. We so did this time. This yeah. time we did. The first time ever. Not at Nitro Gain, not at Adventure Race Nationals. No other event where I've gotten a map beforehand to prepare have I ever felt like, oh, yeah, I did that right. Every time I look at it for about, mm, we'll say 22 minutes, <laughs> and then I'll be like, 
I feel like I've done everything I can think to do. But the time, every time the time goes by, like, there is no faster passing of time than the two hours you have to plot points. Mm-hmm. Or not plot points, but to pick points on a, a rogating map or an adventure race map. It's like, you look up and it's over and you've, like, sweat through your shirt. Yeah. We didn't sweat through our shirts on this one. We did make good use of the time, but man... I don't even remember being there for, like, uh, that. It I know. Went, boop, gone. It, was, it was so fast. And I have to give a shout-out to Mark Latanzi's book, uh, Squiggling Lines, which talks about what to do when you get a map before an event or for an event. And it's very, like, specific, like, one, two, three, four. And uh, I feel like it was helpful seeing it in a list view because, really, I just kind of sit there going, like, what, am I, what else am I supposed to do with this? So this time for our two hours, you know, I think in the past we've kind of gone, like, we've used our – our sensual orienteering, which is like, <laughs> I don't know, this one, this one seems like the closest, and this might be a cute spot, and like maybe making marks on the map, but mostly just packing, taping it, and being like, good, we highlighted the control numbers, and we've done it. This time, we went through with a highlighter and marked exactly the very specific route we were planning on taking, everything from uh, the really granular like road intersections to uh, marking what our attack points are, which is like specific things that are you you are using that are close to the point you're trying to get to as a uh I'll say as a better way of of navigating to a point so like instead of just saying like we're going to head into the woods that way which we've absolutely done that before oh yeah it's hey we'll get to this road intersection or this specific tree and then and then we'll head off into the woods instead of saying we'll head off into the woods from the start yes that's a good point we did that every single time we never did, like, just vague wayfinding. We always took, uh, what is it called? A bearing? You fu- not a bearing, but, oh. like, when you start from a place. Nope. Attack point. Words. Attack point. Yes. We picked specific attack points every single time. Yep. So that it wasn't sensual orienteering. Yeah. And that worked. That worked for us. Yeah. And um, there was just a lot of route planning things that I was stoked about. So um, things like... Picking navigation that matches our skill set. So, for example, like if if it was like, hey, if we come around the north side of a point, we only have to go, you know, this far, you know, to get to a point versus coming around this other way. It might be shorter, but it's more technical navigation and we have a bigger window of risk. We we mapped for the, I'll say, easier route because that's where our navigation skills are in some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, so we got our map all routed out with different options for what we would do based on time. And um, uh, when we started, you know, I didn't feel like panicky when we started. Oh, what, 89, 98, 100% of the time when we start out the first checkpoint, we shit the bed. <laughs> That's our jam. Yeah, we did not shit the bed. We just run at full speed into the woods, just like not counting re-entrance, just like, wee, mm-hmm. naps. Feels like it's this way. And, you know, we did not we did not fuck up right away. So that no. was really good. We and, barely fucked up at all. No, and we didn't also, I feel like in the past, as soon as I start to feel like, oh, I think I've got the hang of it, then I fuck up. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, the hubris comes and smacks yes, you in your face. Yes, exactly. That did not happen to us this time. No, and so we did a really good job moving really consistently and um, just, you know, usually, like, for example, like, uh, let's say the map was 16 by 20, I feel like usually we get to cover like a two inch square (laughs) of 
<laughs> yeah, we usually cover like one sixth of a map. Yeah, and let's say there's 40, 40 checkpoints that you could get if you cleared the course. We maybe get like, you know, 15, maybe. Maybe. And what did we get this time? This time we got all but six checkpoints out of 40 checkpoints. That's baller. Yeah. So I like amazing. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so we started at noon. Didn't didn't fuck up. Moved really well through our navigation. Um, I also had the epiphany. Uh, not the epiphany, but maybe epiphany. Usually at row gains or I would say most events. One of us ends up being the the limiting factor at, at one point or another. Like whether it's hot climbs and I have to drop off or whether it's like nighttime tiredness and you have to drop off. Like almost always there comes a moment where we have to throttle down because one of us, because that's just how a team is. Yeah. I don't feel like that came up at all, like Mm-mm. at this event. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was ever a point where we were not moving as fast as our bodies and brains would allow like we yeah, never had slowed us down were some hobbit holes and some really pretty gnarly briars mm. we got stuck at Ooh. least three checkpoints where there was just like masses and masses of big rose bushy thorns like whew, that just would not give ribs. way oh, oh man no. i'm all about a bull in a china approach bull in a china shop approach when you get to like places that have thick woods it's a whole different story when it's all briars that won't give like Mm -hmm. at one point i had a string of briars across my neck stuck into my neck skin and i just had to wait for lauren to come peel them away (laughs) because they would not get they would not give (laughs) i i got a like a chunk of briars in the crown of my head and looked back, and a clump of my hair was hanging from, like, a swirl of briars. And I was just like, fuck it. This is- You're, you got hung up by your vest several times, too, where you were just, oh, like, yes. you were just locked into place. Oh, yeah. And if I had leaned forward anymore, the snap, the, the elastic on my vest with a little nubbin, the little plastic nubbin at the end of it, would have whip-cracked me so oh. fucking hard. Ugh. Oh. I don't the- think, did, he, did you get hurt that day? Yeah, I, mine was hand stuff. Remember, I had like I had like yeah, big you were bleeding, bloody scratches. Bleeding but not from hurt. your hands is not getting hurt. It's not. That's what you would say to me. That's what you would say to me. You're tr- that's true. No, I did not get injured, and neither did you. No, but I did find five days later, it, like a half inch deep thorn in my thigh, which Ooh. I squeezed out, and it popped right out, and I was like, "Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's really good." Ooh. <laughs> it was fantastic. So yeah, we just like clipped through that day feeling like bossy bitches. Like True. I mean, I, I yeah, I I feel like as soon as I ever feel like I know what I'm doing with orienteering, that's when I know that I'm not. And for for like a lot of this event, I felt like we knew what we were doing and we knew what we were doing. We've made it. We can retire now at our peak. <laughs> we probably should. Um uh, thinking about interacting with other people during the event. Uh, Annie was... tried to drop someone. Huh? What? <laughs> Annie tried to drop someone. We had a, a dude kind of be oh. like, hey, it's you're close. It's over there. Which Annie hates. Annie would I always don't... rather have us do it our way. And I get it. Like, I don't, I don't always want help either. Uh, in the middle of the night, 20 hours into a race, if someone's like, you passed the bridge, I'm like, bless you, child. Yeah. But, like, a six-hour row game, like, I don't want help either. Right. So, I think that this guy thought that because he had offered up his help that we were now indebted to him in some way, 
and we were on the same trajectory positively. Yeah. And, and so, it turns out for, uh, you know, ironic or not, we ended up being the exact same speed at him as him, which I don't think helped things, but no. yeah. I, and I think, and not, I think I know for a fact, like one of the reasons I got into doing more orienteering events is because I have, uh, been the, mm, I'll say put at a disadvantage because I followed what a group was doing in an important situation. And one of the reasons why I did orienteering is so that I could build up the confidence to know that I could do a thing by myself, by my own skills and not follow other people. So sure. That- sure. All of that may be true, but there is also a Lang gear that is like, drop these motherfuckers. <laughs> and so we're coming out of some like little low swale and like looking up onto like a tiny island landing and Annie gets eyes on checkpoint and instead of being like, got it, turns to me, gives me the eyeballs, <laughs> points at the thing, gives me the eyeballs again and just like nods and I'm like, go, go. And then we like hobbit march through the woods, dibbit, she's already moving on to the next checkpoint and I was like, we're going to drop this motherfucker, aren't we? Like, this is some old school Lauren and Annie fucking, like, competitive, gnarly, like, down and dirty racing. And, you know, I don't, I, I, and I hope if that guy is listening, he has no hard feelings. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. There's I no feel way. Like, it's I feel racing. like it's sports, it's like sportsmanship stuff, right? And it's like the difference between the guys that we see orienteering that are like, when you're like, beautiful day, isn't it? And they're like... And what? in NASCAR, they weren't sure a few weeks ago if a guy was dead. And they were like, can we, can we put the beer in the trophy yet? <laughs> no. It's fine. It's okay. totally okay. fine. Uh, while we're speaking about me being a dick, um, <laughs> I want to say a special shout out to a particular female team that I saw one of the team members and I was concerned ab- about her other team member, because Lauren and I have been at a lot of races and events like Trans Rockies, where it was six days of two females being together, and it would be like you would see the two women together for four days, and then all of a sudden it was just one person, and it sucked because you knew that their teammate went home for injury or they couldn't run that day, Um, as well as other orienteering things where one teammate can't continue, so the one teammate goes on on their own. So I saw this one female team member and I said, oh man, where's your teammate? <laughs> and what I meant was, is your teammate okay? Is she okay. But what it came off as was... I'm so you sorry. Have, I'm you so know how many bad fucking feet away you can be away from your teammate in this race? Because it's not very many and you are too far, bitch. I, and that is not at all. And Lauren alerted to me, me to this. I know, after and I, I hope I it. wasn't too mean. No, it was no, no, not at all. It's good for me to know so that I could, because of course they're listening. You know, I and like I mentioned earlier, we were so stoked and are so stoked that there were so many female teams, and I was invested in each female team finishing, and so I was worried about one of those teams not being able to finish because both teammates couldn't go on. So I was not trying to be a dick or rule check you. I was concerned that a female team wouldn't be in the standings at the end. So I'm sorry, and please keep orienteering. I hope to see you again when people can see I, each other again. I knew you would stew about that as soon as I didn't know how to say it. I, was I like, overthink everything. I was like, were you trying to be a bitch? Because <laughs> you were a bitch just now. 
for future clarification, if I was trying to be a bitch, I would say, <laughs> looks a lot more than 100 yards. That, that's, what, that's what it would be. That's me being a bitch. Yeah. 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 But, um... So we get to, so we get towards the end of the day and we have, it's funny, uh, the passing of time during any event is weird. The passing of time during a road game is especially weird. Like um, we had considered that maybe for for a stretch, it seemed like maybe we could clear the course, which means getting every checkpoint um, because the first three hours went pretty slow. Like we went through checkpoints and it felt like we're making more progress in checkpoints than time is progressing. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like four hours, five hours, five and a half hours. Always. The first just, 80% is like time is normal. Mm-hmm. And then the last hour to two hours of a race is just like. <laughs> I know. I know. You take a drink from your bladder and you're like, that took me 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So No time for fucking about. Yeah. So the way we had mapped out our course Let's just imagine it was like a four-leaf clover. So we had gone through three of the four-leaf clovers with the start being at the center of the four-leaf clover. So we had gone through three of the four loops, and we got back to the start-finish with about 26 minutes left (laughs) to go out on the fourth clover leaf. We knew we weren't going to be able to clear it, but we wanted to try and go for one more checkpoint. Can Um, you guess what happens next? It's what happens at the end of every row game. Lauren swears at me incessantly in her mind and not out loud because we're running too hard because there is no breath and there is no time. So we headed out for a last checkpoint. The idea being we would go for one checkpoint. If we had time, we would hit another one on the way back. Rather than go for the 60-point closer one, I decided to go for the 70-point 70, 70 little further one, a farther out one. So we're... we're we're moving pretty well on the way out. We were not we were not hauling ass for that first part of the fourth clover clover leaf, but we are passing we pass about four to five people that are coming at us headed towards the start finish going like, guys are going the wrong way, haha and you know luckily the anxiety was not too high at that at that point but it did not help things and we you know we did what we were planning i wasn't panicked yet this is just typical lang shit yeah I always figure we'll just gonna ring it, it out gonna ring it out yeah and risk your whole fucking day i know but the thing is is like if you sit at the finish area with you know 30 minutes left i've done that have- too and it sucks you I have, have math that. brain. You can like you can math getting back. If I was alone, I would never be able to solidly math getting back in time. There's no way. So we so we had 22 minutes left mostly to go out and do the do get the thing we were looking for and come back. We got to a first intersection in eight minutes. So you go okay. So we've got. Eight minutes from this point, we can maybe make it back seven minutes from there. That's 15 minutes. We got like seven minutes to play within this middle part. And we knew that the checkpoint we were going for was in a third re-entrant. We counted this shitty little thing as a re-entrant that we shouldn't have. And then when we got to what we thought was maybe the third re-entrant, we were looking around, looking around. We decided to go a little bit further. And we were like, we don't have we don't have the time to to get to it. And we Looking at it now, if we were not at the end of the race, we would have known not to count that first shitty little thing as re-entrant because each one of those re-entrants was like fucking Grand Canyon. Yes, it was. If we wouldn't have dicked about looking around in the second re-entrant 
and just gone straight to the third, I, I, I'm honestly very confident we would have gotten it and been able to come back in that same amount of time because we we really farted about in the second reentrant. True. Um, and as you always do, which is good. I shouldn't say always, but as you usually do at uh, when it was time to go, you were like, we have to go. Like, we have to go right now. And uh, so after doing, like, the, like, arms I out, like, find right it, find it, find time. it, find it. Oh, yeah, you absolutely were right. Um, and so we're, like, heading back out to the trail from the reentrance. And we know that we have to we have to book it back. And like, so so many races I have done with Lang. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And so we get back to the intersection. I don't know if I told you this. We got back to the intersection where it had taken us eight minutes to get there. And we had six minutes left. And I was like that. Oh, I didn't know. I was like, that doesn't work. Like I think I was like I think maybe we could we could have done like seven minutes. It to was get downhill here, though. But it was eight, mostly downhill, with the exception of one uptick. It was mostly downhill on the way back. Uh, so you, you think that, but that whole stretch along the reentrance was all slightly uphill before you went down. I to was head back. blinded by pain, so yeah. I have no memory. of So that. we and you know it's always funny because you know in these longer things you feel like you're hauling ass and you're like oh i did a 13 minute mile great we did what was our pace our split on our last mile for the it was like sub it was definitely sub 10 but the last half mile was an 815 on trail at the end of six hours so we were <laughs> like we're making the video available for everybody patreon or not during quarantine so I encourage you to watch the video maybe just for this next part because uh, hopefully it's worth the payoff of a free video. But we're running we're running back this last stretch and like I'm trying to navigate so hard in my head because there's an option to do like a squiggly that goes to the same place and then there's a cross-country sc- ski trail that cuts straight across. And we're running and running. I don't. I can't even like look at my map because I will eat shit and trip. And I'm running as hard as I can, hard as I can. She we're just, just jukes. Running. We're just running and like like a cartoon. On at me. one point, I'm like because I'm like, is this the intersection? This is the intersection. And it, I actually said out loud, Wah! I was like, because I'm like, oh my god, if this is the wrong turn, like it's it's game over. Like we will have fucked it up. And I'm like in the parking lot. Of what I was hoping to get to. And for half a second, I was like, it's not it, it's not it. And then we just keep going like like I have a rope attached to my waist. Like, <laughs> so we get to the main stretch that the start finishes off, start finishes on. And every minute that you're late after the six hour mark, you lose 50 lose points, 50 which is points. essentially a checkpoint. And uh, I mean, it's a huge deal. We're running so just like so hard, like so hard, just red face like i can feel the salt in everything oh yeah we're running body was just like wah 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 like the end of a marathon we're running so hard that my inner positive self-talk is out loud which is like we're doing a great job we can do this we got this we can do this because i needed to hear it out loud i you know that moment when you're doing speed work and you hit the threshold and you like feel like you look down and your legs won't go any faster and you just feel like you're slowly getting pushed backwards through space and you're just like no like you must go this pace i was like "Uh uh-oh diminishing returns and i was just like i'm gonna start slowing and i'm gonna lose her i was really worried about that we no we you can sprint like nobody's business yeah and so we hauled ass to the finish line and we got in with uh less than two minutes to spare 
58 minutes and some seconds. Uh, so five hours, 58 minutes and some seconds. And we, the race, one of the race directors was standing there and was like, uh, she was like, oh, that was so cool. And we were like, we're just, we like, we're sitting on the ground panting. Like we couldn't even, we couldn't even talk to one another because we were, we were panting so hard. Like we had to stand there for a minute, like bent over. We had run so hard. I can't remember the last time we ran that hard. Oh, it was so good. And again, that, that versus sitting there with 26 minutes to go, you know, it's a better story. Was it last summer? It was two summers ago that we did Mohican 50. That we sprinted the last mile and a half because you just, like, got it in your bones that that was, like, a cool thing to do. I know. We did, like, a 26-minute pace all day and then ran, like, an 11-minute pace through the, you know, trail at the end. I know. You're just, like, in the mood for it. (sighs) Yeah. But, uh, we, so, yeah, in in summary, we went back out on that fourth cloverleaf for no extra points. (laughs) Well. Whatever. We tried. So let me tell this the end because you see it from a different perspective because you already, Annie had already seen the points on the, you get a chit printed at the end of your race that says your total points or time or what the fuck ever. Pretend like I hadn't. So we, we get in, we unload, oh, no. our, we unload our USB thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that. So I think the very first category they do when they do awards is female two person team. And so... I'm in the dark. Like, I don't know if we did, like... And I have a gist, but I don't know. Oh, oh, I thought you knew our points. No. Because, okay. Well, so then they named the third place team, and they counted their points. And I saw, like, Annie's spine get erect. And I I didn't know if that meant, like, well, for sure we lost, or for sure we're ahead of that. And then they said the second place team, and she just turned to me with huge eyes and just, like, shook her head yes. And I, I still wasn't... I wasn't sold that it was us, but when they called our name for having the most points by, like, I don't know, a good chunk, we both lost our shit. We both lost our shit like we got called prom queen or something. Like, we freaked Like, we were getting out. called down on the prices Right, that level. It was, yeah, it was great. We squawked and squeaked. And I don't, I mean, most people who do events like this are extremely low-key people. They do this because they enjoy, like, Wood whittling, sitting alone in their garage, building weird things out of PVC pipe, being alone in the woods. We are not the typical orienteers. Yeah. We are physically loud. Although, uh, maybe it's better defined to say there is no typical orienteer. <laughs> no, that's true. But they're typically a little bit more low-key. But consider this. Uh, we also are not privy to like how other people are finishing. So, for example, the solo competitors... The top solo female and the second place male finished two seconds apart. So there is no, there can't, there couldn't have been any chill there. You know what I mean? So like, no, there's no chill there. Yeah. So I think it's more of like a jerk finishes and has time to shower and be in a sleeping bag at the finish line. You know, like those people have been done for an hour and a half before the award ceremony happens, and we are just still riding the high of sprinting that last uh, mile. Maybe. And they don't they don't squawk when they get called because they're like, yeah, bitch, I know I won. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. I gave all my blood. We were so. I just over the moon because this is something, and I said this about uh, winning the winter orienteering series at Cincinnati. Yeah, I said it. Um, <laughs> the I'm not. Uh, it takes. It's taken Lauren, uh, you know, six years of being my best friend to be a hype man to be to acknowledge things like this. But 
Orienteering is something that I, we work really hard at. So to have like a payoff and especially when, again, it was a competitive division and the other women were bringing it, bringing it. They were, they were running. It was, running. it was awesome. Like it was awesome. It was awesome. And we got, uh, we got like wood medals to say first female team and pint glasses and oh we found a secret control in the woods and we got a pie because it was pie day it was just oh it was it was everything mm. oh and i won wait what did i win xanfil for yeah i always uh, win poison i think it was i think it was just door prizes so yeah you oh, just, oh yeah. yeah i won i I can't leave those places without winning Xanfell. Mm, yeah. Thank you so for $60. Xanfell is poison ivy wash, and it's it saved Lauren's life. I mean, it, it's the only times. reason we adventure race, actually, or do it's orienteering the is only to win Xanfell. Yeah. I, must, I must cleanse after Did you use it after? No, uh, because I wore um, knee-high socks with oh, pants. Oh, okay. And then I wore pants on top of those pants, because that's how pants, much I pants, will pants, not get poison pants ivy. And pants and pants and pants and pants and pants. Um, but, yeah, we, we just had the greatest time. And, uh, again, Lost Aerosports, thank you for continuing to hold this event and for just having a great day. And we, uh, I, I had so much fun, and I really feel like that carried me through a lot of last week is just thinking about, like, remember when these were things that still happened yeah Yeah. um i feel like is there anything else we want to say about the rogaine i'd like to mention even though i'd like to wrap up i'd like to mention that there were a couple times that i was valuable to our navigator oh hell yes and that's why i'm not saying just me like you had several solid saves there was one point where i was completely going for two checkpoints on the plan instead of the next checkpoint that you were like, wait, why are we going for this thing? We should be going to this. And I was like, you are right. Or like, I'm not a guiding star, but I am a safety net. Also, you knew where we were all day. Mm, That is absolutely true. They were really good maps. They were good maps. They were really good maps. Um, Oh, I know one else. One other thing I want to say too, usually at orienteering things, I feel like if we do, a faster than a 20 minute pace, that's hauling ass. Doing 20 minutes while using a map and compass to orient, for me, it, I, that's really fast because between stopping and pausing and navigating and everything, that's what it ends up being. We ended up doing like a 7 to 30 pace. <laughs> Mine said 17. Also, I, if you had asked me at the end of the day without looking at a watch, how many miles did you cover? I'd be like 12.7 maybe. We covered over 20 miles of ground. That's some, for, that's great. That uh, uh, I can't believe that. I can't. We've never done that. Never. That's a lot of ground to cover. We actually made it out of our map quadrant into other map quadrants. No. Mm. Uh, covered oh, so much just, ground. I'm so proud of us. I'm just proud I'm of like so proud of us where too. we where we've come from like our first nitro gain and just yeah, everything. Just oh. So good. So good. Um, okay. So exciting news moving forward. We would like to, and we would like to cordially invite you to a a cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. Frankly, mm-hmm. this Friday, um, on Facebook Live, March twenty seventh, so, six p.m. We would enjoy you to spend some time with us, crush a cup of wine, perhaps a gin and tonic or a kombucha, a hot tea. Sit with us by the fire, muse with oh. us on. Um, Life and love and the meaning of running. 
<laughs> and we might have a talk prepared. We might not. We might just do a Q&A. We might just use this as an excuse to wear silly things. Mm, that's every day back here. Lumberjack, yeah. Lumberjack Tuesday up in here. And for me, it'll just be a reason to change my clothes once <laughs> this week. So, uh, yeah, join us uh, Friday for Happy Hour on Facebook Live. And as we mentioned earlier, we've rescheduled the Sugarloaf Teat Reaper race. It will be held on June 27th. So, um, you know, register if you're planning out that far, even though who knows if June will even exist by the time we get there. Probably but, just be deleted. Yeah, probably just deleted. But, yes, we're re- we've rescheduled the race to June 27th. So if you originally couldn't come because of Forget the PR, good news, you can and also, yeah. you could run, uh, you know, the Mohican 50 or 100 the weekend before and then come to Sugarloaf the weekend after. And maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll come up with special swag if you do both things. Like, mm. uh, you know, I'm a dumbass or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about free hot dog. But, uh, ooh, yeah, free hot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, we don't have any new Patreons this week. Please join us uh, by supporting our Patreon and... Uh, join us on all social media platforms and because we have no one particularly to thank i would just like to say i miss you athens trail sisters i love you and i want you to hold me in your arms like a baby i miss you guys so much yeah that's all that's my thank you i'm just thanking you all for existing and for being my new friends and you're on my mind all the time yeah that's it for me well for that with that until next time we are 